2: Get
1: Hello and welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 358 for June 11th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. And that's what we're up to today. Just, that's it. Uh, <laughs> just the maple seed crew running the show yeah, today. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh... Why don't we get into what we did in guns? Uh, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now, they have the Glock 19X. It's a 19 uh, nine millimeter, 19 millimeter. Ooh, that's cool. stanky. Love it. Yep. Uh, nine millimeter, four point two inch barrel with Glock night sights in coyote, and that is nine hundred and thirty eight dollars. Nice. Are you gonna yeah. get go? one? Mm, I already have a Glock. I know. But all my is, all my pistols are like better. match pistols, though. Like I don't have any like quote unquote like regular pistols. They're all they're all competition pistols, and they're
2: all black, not coyote. No,
1: I have one that's got wood grips on it, and I have a <laughs> I have a silver one. My <laughs> Narinko. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: okay. Yeah. yeah, all yeah. Right.
1: Anyways, what have you been up to in guns this week?
2: I've done quite a bit. Uh, so I haven't been on in two weeks. Uh, I kind of you know wasn't on last week. Anyways. I have, so there's that whole William movement on the CCFR. I am William, hashtag I'm William. So I also made a donation to the CCFR to match William's $10 that he sent in. And I sent in a little bit as well, a little bit more than $10, but I hope everybody can do that. Just go and make a donation to the CCFR for their legal funds and just say, I am William. Post it. Let us know about it too. And we'll, we'll talk about that. The other thing that I did was I went and picked this up. This is the uh, Smith and Wesson Victory pistol that uh, a friend of mine gave gave yes gave to me for Ladies' Day. Mm. So I did go and get it. It's a fantastic little pistol. I haven't shot it yet. It's twenty two. would Be great for Ladies' Day, but I haven't taken it out to the range to shoot yet. What's the but weight it,
1: like? It looks like it's got like a really thick barrel. Holy! On there.
2: It is like super heavy. It is. It's got a nice. That's
1: That's fantastic, though, for shooting a twenty-two. There'll be like yeah. no recoil. You'll just yep. be like plugging away with that thing.
2: It's like a little target, little target pistol. So, it uh, yeah, I gotta go shoot it, and then I'll post my my targets as well. I ordered some. Call sign six six was on three weeks ago. Was that two weeks ago? Eh. Whenever they were on, like that, yeah, it. I went and ordered some of their swag. I went to their website, and so I got a T-shirt, and I got a hat. And like they said, all that money goes towards uh, getting some of the um, uh, you know, guys that were formerly in the military out shooting. So I went and ordered that stuff. They also went to their website for Bolt Action Coffee Company and ordered some of that. I haven't received it yet. They're roasting it right now, but they just started up that company. And they're also doing a giveaway too. They're giving away one of their courses. So if you go in, go on to their website and then go and share it and tag people in it, you know, do all that stuff. And then you can actually win one of their courses as well. So I went and did that. I went and saw my dad because I gave him a 10, or not me, but my family gave him a ten twenty two for his retirement. And when we gave it to him, I said, there's some parts, some upgrades that we can give you for this. And I'll help you install it. So I went and saw him on Saturday because I had to go and find all these parts. And uh, I gave him a silicone bolt um, bolt pin, so buffer pin. And mm-hmm. then I also gave him a, the, a, the Matador Arms Rotary Coupler. So I gave him that, the Mag Coupler. And mm-hmm. I also gave him... Uh, the auto bolt release, but I did not have any of the mag release. The Matador Arms has a really, really good one. They don't have any in stock. I looked all over the place for one, and I wasn't able to find one. So I'm trying to find a mag release or extended mag release for the 1022 because there's two things that they really should have fixed on the 1022. One of them was the auto bolt release. Bolt, the other, yeah. yeah, the other one was the mag release because they both suck. So I'm trying to find that. Annika, if you're listening and you have some extra ones, let me know. I'll buy it off you. Yeah. And then I also went skeet shooting last night. I went with Kyle and Kelly King Cage. Nice. So yay, back at the range. 28 gauge? 28 gauge? Of course I brought the 28 gauge. Mm. We have to keep it legal, right? So I went and did a round of skeet with them. We're going to plan on doing skeet every Wednesday now. So they're open Wednesdays and Sundays. and We're going to go after work on on mm. Wednesdays. Fantastic. Yeah. That's me. That's all I do with guns. What about
1: you? Uh let's see here. I uh, I got my letter. Letter. Uh, I got a letter. Yay. letter notification. I think I might uh, I might post it on uh, some gun Reddit's on on uh, on Reddit and uh, Instagram and that kind of thing. Mostly just to show Americans like what's going on here because uh, nothing I could do about this uh, at the uh, nope at this time. Uh, so I might uh, I might do that.
2: Are you going to write anything special on it,
1: or just post it? Just post. No, I'll 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 sell, let people know what's going on. I mean, most of this is just like a warning to them that uh, this is what happens. This is what could happen. So uh, so I'll try to get that out. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I put in an order with Gotenda and. The Calgary Shooting Center. I'm pretty sure I did those both when I was uh, uh, on the show last week. Last week? week? Yeah. You, uh, ordered,
2: you ordered something last week on the show, I heard. What did you order? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I ordered, well, from Tenda, I ordered some like 2,000 rounds of 9mm because they had that cheap federal aluminum stuff and it runs fine in my shadow, so I'm going to buy some of that. Or I bought some of that. I got 4 1022 mags and I got some 30-30 for my buddy. Um, that hasn't even shipped yet because they're swamped, so they ship slow uh, and also ordered from Calgary Shooting Center, Winchester Wildcat, and that shipped fast. So, Yay! Whoop, whoop, Upside whoop. Down. there we go. Just got it today. I haven't even unboxed it. I, I cut the plastic before the show, but that's it. So uh, you haven't even opened it up. I haven't even opened it up. Uh, let's see what we got here. So foam pack. Uh, now I'm oh, it's so light. It's so light. When I saw uh, what the price was on these, that's what I was like. Oh, I got to get one of those. Oh, I'm gonna have to cut that. How much was it? Three oh nine. That's good. Uh, watch a mag release. Boop. <laughs> so that you can you can release the mag just by pulling on these guys to, uh, back, or uh, by the uh, uh, traditional spot up here. Now I heard this will take ten twenty two mags. Serious. And it will take 1022 mags. Sweet. And it has a drop that uh that actually works not that bad. Uh does it work from the side? It works from the side. It pops it. Does it work upside down? So like in a ten twenty-two, if you don't have that thing like straight up and down, it doesn't come out. Let's see if it pops. Boop. Awesome. It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good got a peep sight on the back there, so that's kind of interesting. How's it look? Uh, it's a little bit big for my taste, but that's okay. How, how light is it? Four pounds. Yeah, it's really light. That's It's extremely lightweight. Uh, and the other thing I heard is that the disassembly on this thing is very, very easy. There's a button. Oh. You see that red button at the back there? I mm. believe, I have not looked anything up, but I believe you can just pull this out. Am I, oh, that strap might be catching there. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I should look at the instructions first. I don't know. Maybe. Anyways, it'll just unhinge right there. It all comes out and uh, that's that. So pretty easy. It does auto bolt release. Cool. and let's just here. Is it that guy there? I'm pretty sure it's that guy there. I'm just trying to figure out the, uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. The bolt, there's a little piece of plastic here. You pull that up and then it lets go and then it auto bolts. That's neat. What's this guy here? Is that a bolt hold open? Safety? Safety? It's the bolt hold open. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I can just pull it back, press this guy in, let go of the bolt and it holds. Interesting. Safety is crossbolt right here. Okay. Well, that is super interesting. Now I would prefer a comb that was higher and it does not come with any add-ons. So I think if, if, if I was to complain about one thing in on this rifle so far, it would be, I think all rifles these days should come with an add-on cheek piece. Where it's like, okay, raise it. irons and clip, and now it's good for a scope because I think you could reasonably assume the scope's going to be about yay high off the top of the rail here, and uh, and go with that. Oh yeah, look, integrated rail, not an yeah. add-on rail. So I think this is a uh, I think it's a pretty neat upgrade over a 1022 in terms of like features and that kind of thing. Fixing some of the things that uh, that are kind of annoying on a 1022. I believe this Where's mag it? will also do a last shot hold open.
2: Cool. Yeah.
1: Which is kind of nice. And then the, with the 1022 mags, it won't. But uh, interesting anyways.
2: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So you're going to take it out this weekend?
1: Uh, I'm going to go camping this weekend. I probably won't bring it just because I like to keep it simple when I go camping. But uh, yeah. I will get it out to the range uh, very, very soon. Goodbye. What's that? It, w-
2: it was a goodbye, not goodbye. I, th- I think
1: it, <laughs> yeah can do that for a second there. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good buy for 300 bucks because like a uh, basic 1022 is right around 300 bucks, right?
2: Sure. Okay.
1: No. Yeah. No. Right. So uh, we'll have to see what the accuracy is like. And we'll have to see what the reliability is like. If it's anything like, like uh, uh, it's called the Winchester Wildcat. Uh, Winchester Wildcat ammo is awful. <laughs> like I would have used any other brand name on, on, a, on a rifle than, uh, than Wildcat because it's like, it's horrible. <laughs> so hopefully it's, it's more cheap. accurate and more reliable than the ammo that Winchester puts out. Yeah. Oh interesting what the mag has a little rotary dial on there so that you can uh, push it over to thumb thumb rounds in there so with a 1020 you gotta kind of lever them over a little bit whereas with this one you can just pull on that dial and that makes room for the next round hmm. all in all like a a good set of upgrades um, over the 1022 no, uh, shoots yeah let's see if it shoots. And I mean the, the, the thing about the 1022 is that it is a it is a rifle, but it's also a platform. It's so like when you buy a 1022 you're buying a platform. you can replace everything, you can like all the problems are really well known, all the reliability things are really well known. If there's like a part breaks, it's like it's a common thing, and, and uh, all that is is nice, uh, whereas this is V1. This is version one of of this rifle, yeah. and uh, often there are issues with uh, with branded rifles. Yeah. Uh,
2: okay. what else?
1: That's it. I'm going to go to a club meeting tonight. Oh, trying yeah. to I uh, got some maple seeds to do in uh, next weekend and uh got to make sure that we've got like grass cut and all that kind of stuff ready to rock and roll. So I have to figure out how to do that. Going to use like we've got a uh, a nice grassy spot where I want to kind of set things up because Part of doing uh, events these days uh, in Alberta, we've we've we uh, as of tomorrow, our limit is a hundred people at an event. Yeah. So that's that's plenty, but you have to maintain social distancing. So that's two meters uh, between people, and for uh, uh, something like Maple Seed, where you need everyone on the line, it's going to uh, make for a lot of width and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, quite a uh, quite a long shooting line. It'll be very luxurious. Most of the time at yeah. Maple Seeds, people are like kind of close. Yeah and, yeah, and and brass like gets down your neck and burns you, and like that's all part of of shooting in, in close quarters. But uh, with two meters, uh, I don't think very many. I don't think I'm gonna get a lot of brass burns. No, no, it's,
2: it'll be nice. Nobody's kicking you. Nobody's shooting <laughs> on top of you. Maybe even people aren't shooting your target. It's gonna be nice.
1: Yeah, I I, I probably don't even need those number cards on on the targets, people. You you still will. Oh, I still need them, yeah. (laughs) You will. I know. Uh, And then, yeah, the other thing I've been doing is like pre-bagging and and pre-binning everything. So it's like this bin packaged uh, (laughs) June 8th so that when we pull them out, it's like, okay, this bin was packed on June 8th. There can't be any coronavirus in there because it doesn't live on surfaces that long. And I don't have coronavirus too. So yeah. 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 So that, that part, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be good. We're finally getting some good weather out here and it'll be nice to, it'll probably rain, but (laughs) as as it always does, but, uh, at least it's not snowing. At least hopefully that March weekend that I would have had the, the first one, it was, it was going to be like pretty crappy. It was like five to eight for the whole day. Pretty, pretty cold. But, uh, the Rona came around, so didn't get to do that one. Uh, I think that's it for me. Cool. Uh, yeah. Why don't we get on to our new sponsor? So upcoming events, uh, upcoming events is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning websites, e-commerce and battling the stigma that the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. So uh, you can, if you, own a gun shop or you know someone who owns a gun shop and their website kind of sucks, tell them to uh, talk to Telos Alpha because yep. uh, they'll help them set up uh, a website properly. There's a, there's a lot of tools out these days that uh, some people try to use to do it themselves and the result is often uh, uh, an e-commerce website that uh, is kind of crappy and uh, uh, <laughs> the firearms industry is is kind of well known for having crappy websites. So if you want a good website, talk to these guys did you
2: see did you check out sfrc's new website
1: uh i think i I
2: have it it, in the past four or five months they upgraded their website Mm -hmm. telos is the one that did it for them one the one before that don't tell them i said it
1: but it sucked it was pretty hurting like it once you got used to it it was okay but when you first get in you're like oh man (laughs)
2: yeah but yeah. the new website was done by these guys, and they did a really good job with that too. So
1: yeah. go and good check them out. Photography. Good, easy, yeah. to, easy to browse through. Yep. Ooh, TT33s. No, I already got one. I don't need one of
2: those. Shiny?
1: Shiny. Ooh, surplus guns.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're on there now.
1: I like cheap surplus guns, and whenever I see them, I'm like, man, I could buy that. That's no problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Do you, do you want to
2: finish the sponsor ad, or do you... <laughs>
1: I kind of I kind of went on another way and talked about more stuff from the sponsor <laughs> ad. Yeah. Uh, learn if you want a website that doesn't suck for the, your <laughs> firearms shop nearby. Go to telosalpha Upcoming Great. events. Uh, we have the fifth annual Ronnie Groot Memorial Steel Challenge, July 4th. This is USPSA Steel Challenge rules and stages. Seven stages, seven squads of 10, costs 25 bucks. Oh, that's so super reasonable. Cheap. And there are 50 spots left. You can go to Practice Score, look for the annual Ronnie Groot Memorial Steel Challenge, or just search Steel Challenge in New Brunswick. I'm sure it'll pop up. Practice Score has uh, been upgrading as well. So that's, uh, that's pretty uh, good as well. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, news. Um, I I added some to this, and then I d- don't know if I actually said them last week or not. But uh, there's been a bunch of different places donating to the CCFR legal challenge. Yep. Uh, Vancouver Island collector, Vancouver Island Arms Collectors Associations or VIECA, uh they donated to the CCFR legal uh, challenge fund twenty thousand dollars. MDT modular driven technologies. Driven. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They're the guys that make the cool aluminum stocks you can put in your bolt ri- action rifles and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, know, they donated $10,000. And the East Elgin Sportsman Association also donated $5,000, which is fantastic. It's all local Canadian uh, organizations and ranges. Uh, ranges and sportsman associations donating to this uh, legal challenge, which uh, should help juice it up and afford the best lawyers possible. Uh, the next one, Oh, I should probably do a screen share for this one. Cause it's, Yes, uh, please. yeah, 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 yeah. One second.
2: Molly's uh... doing that. If you or your club has donated, um, money towards the CCFR legal fund, just go to our website, not our website, but our Facebook page or, <laughs> or send us an email and let us know and we can also talk about it.
1: Yeah, let us know, because right now I'm going off like Facebook, like CCFR notices, and I miss a lot. So um, I'd love to, we'd love to talk about those. Yeah. Uh, We talked about, uh, or uh, Ryan talked about the Maple Ridge Armory uh, straight pull uh, receiver set. They are now doing pre-order for an estimated delivery of August 31st. So uh, these look pretty neat. Uh,
2: He was doing teasers about it.
1: mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you release yeah. like little this little picture and that little picture and put them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the MRA V1B receiver kit. It's a non-restricted, spring-assisted, manually operated, straight pull bolt action. It's a straight pull uh, AR, simile. So, right. uh, it's got its own bolt carrier group, but you supply the bolt, uh, which is actually a good idea. So take take your old AR, pull the bolt out. You, they can't use your old BCG. They need to use their own because it's a side charging one, right? So that makes sense. Um, but take all your other parts, bolt it to one of these, and your old Voila. restricted AR is now a non, uh, well. Your your old restricted, now prohibited AR is now a non restricted straight pole. So. Uh, easy way to take all those uh, really nice parts that you took all that time uh, researching and finding and buying and tuning and putting and them money. into a platform and money and uh, put them into a platform that uh, that you're able to use it for. So right. uh, this thing can be assembled to make 223, uh, 300 Blackout, 65 Grandel, 224 Valkyrie, 762 by 39, 300 Hammer. What was the one that Trevor wants to do? 300 Hammer? No idea. Hmm. It was one of the thirty cal's or 760 by 40 wt. If you're uh, if you're into that kind of thing, so uh, it does come with a gas journal seal. But uh, if you uh, this the one that comes with is uh, .75 inch. But if you don't if your rifle has something else, just take the gas block and turn it turn it when you install it and call it a day, and you don't have to worry about it because <laughs> the gas won't come out. Uh, It comes with the upper receiver, lower receiver, bolt carrier, charging handle, end plate, and uh, and that gas journal seal, and it is selling for seven ninety
2: nine. Right. So it's two hundred dollars deposit. You have to pay that. Estimated time of delivery is the end of
1: August. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Sweet. Uh, this other one, like uh, uh, this, isn't like the best price, but I. Loved seeing the price there because I remember, uh, and I haven't seen this ammo before, I remember buying ammo when I was like um, uh, 18 or so, and it was two fifty for a 50-round box of 22 shells. And then it was much more expensive like than that for years and years afterwards. We're back. We're back to that price. Why do you made... think
2: it's back, though? It's $2.49 for 50.
1: It's back 40. because... Uh, all the uh, ammo manufacturers. Every time there's a panic buy in the U.S., they panic buy nine millimeter, two two three, and twenty two. Right. And so all these manufacturers have been like, "Oh my God, so much demand!" And uh, they've all cranked out their production. So now they're all producing a lot more of this of uh, twenty two ammo, right? And now they've got to the point where they're producing it in such high volumes. That they're able to sell it for a lower price, and the demand is starting to taper off as well. So, less demand, more supply, lower prices, and we're priced back where, <laughs> where I remember uh, uh, buying in the you know uh, 20 years ago kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, it's federal. I want to. Sh- yeah, I should probably share my screen for this one too. Yeah, this is. Uh, uh it's almost like a white box uh, ammo, and I haven't seen it before. RTP range target practice uh, 22. Uh, I don't know if it's like their off cuts or their factory seconds or something like that, but uh, it's cheap. It's very cheap. <laughs> so. so have you bought any? No, I just saw this uh, today oh. and I was like, okay. oh. copper plated round nose. Interesting. I kind of like copper plated, not for like accuracy wise. It's not as good as, as uh, uh, just straight lead with wax or something like that on there. But uh, I like it if I'm going to go shoot gophers or like, pocket carry my twenty two ammo, right? Because I'm not gonna get leady fingers and that kind of thing. Yeah. No. Whereas uh yeah, this this would be fine for that. But um yeah, interesting and cheap. cheap. And there's a rebate. Yeah.
2: Oh, there's a rebate with it too.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's some. It's two fifty and there's a rebate. So <laughs> uh buy a new rimfire rifle or handgun of from any brand at an authorized dealer and two boxes of this. To get the purchase price of one box. Oh, who cares? It's two fifty. Two dollars
2: and fifty cents.
1: Yeah. Okay. So who cares about that rebate? <laughs> but it's two fifty. So just you know, buy some of that uh, if you want to.
2: Some people would care about two dollars and fifty cents.
1: I've when I use like coupons. If I'm going to coupon, I'm going to coupon for serious, and I'm going to coupon like they all have a rebate associated with them. I'm like cl- clipping out like UPC codes from like two hundred boxes of ammo got to get those good deals
2: see what you do is you get your kids to do that mm-hmm. it's like
1: coupon clipping they would do it wrong they would like cut that upc in half or something like sure that be ruined <laughs> they'd, they'd ruin my 50 cents that that upc represents <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah. people want to know where that deal is the deal for the maple Dean. Ridge one the yeah, I don't federal. know if he's talking about the federal. So the federal is available through Cabela's, Cabela's yep. and the receivers through Maple Ridge Armories.
1: Or um, uh, Bullseye is doing the pre-order. Mm-hmm. North Arms is doing the pre-order. A lot of the people who distributed Maple uh, Maple Ridge before, they're all doing yep. the pre-order as well. So if you need some extra parts that might be the way to go because if you needed like something extra, maybe you could get it from true North arms, for example. So lots of, uh, lots of different options there in terms of where you get it. Okay. Cool. All right. Why don't we head on to the main topic? All right. Welcome to the main topic for today. We've got Jordan from the nighttime podcast. Uh, Jordan, you've been on the podcast before, but, uh, welcome back. Yeah, I guess.
0: Thank you. This is uh, probably my third time. I'm like a veteran.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel, well, like, always...
0: I, feel like a, I feel like a gun enthusiast, like, by <laughs> proxy. Do you have
1: any guns yet? Did you, did you even do your PAL?
0: I have, no? uh, they're Pewers, and uh, I haven't yet. No, I just got, uh, we're a bit more into, like, Guitar Hero, that sort of thing, so.
1: Video games. I can, uh, I can relate. I've been, uh, I've been doing a lot of gaming during the, uh, during the lockdown, but, uh, Uh, Maybe uh, um, let's, let's get right into it. So uh, you've been doing a couple of episodes on the Nova Scotia shooter. Um, Why don't we talk uh, a little bit about kind of what's, what's been discovered since, uh, since the incident happened. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this information isn't really clearly coming, uh, coming across either, right?
0: No, it's coming out really in bits and pieces. Like, even from the very first moment this had all started. It, it's been, you know, just morsels of information, and really each piece of new information that's come out is just painting a, a more horrific picture of what happened, and also painting a more clumsy picture of how it was handled by law enforcement. And it's, you know, it's starting to look pretty bad. There, we there's even like a group of senators who are calling for, you know, like a full like investigation into the uh police response so yeah it's not looking good for anybody involved in this
1: yeah i'm kind of surprised they haven't done a public inquiry on it just yet and they're still just uh just letting it through i mean it's it's hard to it's hard to fault anyone for being panicked uh day of and uh, and making mm-hmm. mistakes because uh it all it all unrolled fairly quickly but it seems that there was, uh, there was a couple of failings in the in the lead up to it as well that uh that yeah were pretty, pretty key
0: yeah much like a lot of you know major crimes like this is what's come out now and what's surfaced is there, there's so many red flags from this guy's background that you know in hindsight you're thinking like you know of course something bad happened, although of course nobody could have ever expected this so so there's the question about how he was able to get to this point, but also even with within the event like uh people who are watching your show probably. Well, the basics of the story is basically a, a disgruntled denturist who mm-hmm. a, ran a denture clinic um, who had an interest in collecting police memorabilia. He got in uh, a police car that he had bought um, like from, well, I guess when a police car is no longer used, it just goes to auction or whatever and the equipment's removed from it. He yeah. had bought a few of those and had one in his garage that he restored even with decals and everything to make it look like a perfect replica of a RCMP car. He used that car in an RCMP uniform uh, when he went on his shooting and arson rampage. He's kind of the the incident in the end, 22 were left dead. And it's been referred to as like a mass shooting. Although several of the victims actually died in fire. He was burning homes down in his neighborhood when it started. And from there, got in the police car with the uniform on and went on a shooting spree. Um, But anyway, it's throughout the event, when it actually happened, I think over a course of about 13 hours, the RCMP were hot on his trail the whole time. But it wasn't until very late in the game that they released kind of the information publicly that he was in a police cruiser dressed as a cop. And some of the early, like, and they're being criticized for that, rightfully so, because what's coming out weeks now since the event happened is the police mm-hmm. law enforcement knew much earlier on that he was likely in a police car than when they had said they had known that. Like it's mm-hmm. what's what it's kind of the reporting and investigation being done into their response is showing is that they, you know, they knew a lot earlier and likely lives would have been saved had people had known
1: yeah had they uh pushed it out over the amber alert system uh rather than over twitter
0: yeah that was that was kind of the debate and it's like um the amber alert system or I don't know what the technical name is, but basically the idea that you would get like um update on your phone you know saying you know an emergency this is happening yeah I guess uh, people thought they should have used that system they didn't uh but they did use it for the coronavirus um you know, during the Easter weekend. that's so it's like you literally would have had to have been living under a rock at that point to not realize that you needed to social isolate and it was a pandemic. Yet they used it for that reason, but not when, you know, a guy dressed as a cop driving a replica cop car was driving around the province, uh, shooting people and burning their houses down.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the, I, and I have, have heard that, uh, that criticism as well. And I mean, it's, it's justified because Twitter is not, uh, uh, Twitter is not a majority social media platform even, like most people aren't on Twitter.
0: Exactly, and I think the way the RCMP have uh, addressed that is that their plan was if we put it on Twitter, the news source and media CPC and all that will get access to it and they'll spread it for us. But it was um, it wasn't really that, kind of, like this was a a breaking kind of event that people needed to know about. Like there yeah. was when you hear about some of the victims and what happened, it's you know like one lady seemed to just be walking down the other street and he just pulled up alongside her and ended her life. She likely wouldn't have been out for her casual stroll around the countryside had she known this was happening. That's just one example. But.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, in your uh, in your episodes, have you found anything interesting that's happened in the last couple of months, or anything that's been revealed that uh, that kind of shocked you?
0: Oh yeah. Like really when, when this all happened, I remember getting up in the morning and seeing like the, the tweet that we just mentioned that RCMP put out saying, you know, there's somebody, uh, an active shooter and they're thought to be driving a police car. And I was just, I remember watching the news kind of break on my phone being like, what the heck is going on? And it wasn't rated where I'm living. So I wasn't too worried about it. I was going about my day. And then a little while later it was, where they were giving updates as far as his location in the car. It seemed like he was kind of coming for Halifax. And then my wife even said, like, you know, I was out shopping. She's like, come home. Like, you don't know what's going to happen with this. And as I was getting on my way home, I got a text from a listener of nighttime. And they had sent me a video that they filmed on the side of the road. And it just so happened that they, they happened upon him wrecking his police car and getting out and... He, he actually drove his police car into another cop car and got out and killed the cop. Like you, I'm sure you've heard of him murdering um, another police officer. They just happened to be like in traffic as that happened. And I was looking at my video on my, the video on my phone, just like, you know, like I was kind of see, seeing it in my head as I was reading the Twitter of this crazy thing, but to see on your phone, like, you know, cars on fire and all this stuff happening, on a highway you've driven down a million times but anyway it's just it all seems so bizarre and unusual and like something out of a horror movie or something um in fact there is a horror movie called Maniac Cop about a guy who goes in a police uniform doing horrible things but um oh, but anyway as far as yeah you know, as far as what can what has come out in in this uh, looking at this guy's life is just a really troubled picture of somebody who's had alcohol problems, anger problems has subjected his uh, partner to like what sounds like pretty extreme domestic violence. Uh, He had an interest in, in illegal firearms, which I'm sure you know a lot more about than me, but my understanding is he had some, Pretty heavy-duty kind of firearms that were illegally owned, and it sounds like they were brought into the country illegally as well.
1: Yeah, we're, right. we're not sure right now because uh, the police aren't, aren't giving any details, and they're the only ones with details. So unless they leak that, uh, we won't know. Um, the neighbor did say that, yeah, they had some uh, what looked like assault firearms, but like, what is that? who knows like like it it could have been uh 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 anything really because um, most mm-hmm. people when they see uh there there are some firearms that look like heavy duty assault firearms and they aren't and then there's some that don't and they are and they are very like um serious firearms but uh yeah it's uh, it's hard to say what he had because we just don't know all we know is that one was uh uh from an estate uh, whether he got it directly, or the person who had the state gave it to him illegally, one of the two, uh, and then the others were uh, brought in from the states, smuggled, so illegally smuggled in from the states.
0: Yeah, but I guess the fact of the matter is, he didn't have them, like just by them simply not being registered. Wouldn't that just make you know an otherwise acceptable firearm illegal if it just wasn't registered? Is that how that well, works?
1: There's there's registration on restricted firearms. Uh, non-restricted firearms aren't registered. Uh, But he doesn't have a PAL either like uh, firearms possession is uh, is not strictly legal in Canada, unless you've got a PAL or or someone with a PALS next to you kind of a thing, right? You can't you can't be in possession of a firearm. I gotcha. Yeah, so and smuggling them into the country is not really legal either.
0: <laughs> so it doesn't like when when you use the word smuggle, it sounds wrong. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. You can't just buy him and just bring him in. It's just like keep your mouth shut and bring them in. Yeah, yeah that's not yeah. how it
0: works. But but yeah. needless to say, it's like when when you look at this guy's history, it's it's the kind of thing where it's kind of boggles the mind that something hasn't happened to stop him. But I guess at the same time, it like w- what I've learned in years of covering crime on my podcast is that it's like, you got to do something really bad before any, you know, anyone actually takes a look at what you have going on. Like you can, like his history included a pretty vicious assault, uh, on a young man outside of his business. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, I, I mentioned, I talked about this in my podcast, but I mentioned the shooter had owned a, um, well-known denture clinic in downtown dartmouth that just so happened to have a bus stop in front of it Mm -hmm. and he was charged in i can't think of the year may have been like 2001 it's a while back maybe yeah anyway forget that i said the year but it was i'm not sure exactly when but it was a while ago but anyway a young guy just a teenager was waiting for the bus outside of the clinic when without any warning the shooter charged out of the clinic and just started pounding on him and beating him. And the two of them are on the sidewalk, like rolling around like fist fighting. And it just so happened that cops drove by and broke it up. And the eventual gunman was charged for assault for that. And he ended up actually a part of his sentence or, or the conditions of his punishment or whatever was that he wasn't allowed to possess firearms for like a year or something. But this was well before all this happened, but it just one kind of disturbing story to show that he has you know some problems with violence from there there was stories that came out of him randomly threatening uh, talking to his brother on the phone i think i think it was his brother maybe his cousin it's saying you know um, i'm going to get in my car and go to new brunswick where my parents live and i'm going to shoot them to death um the the parents were notified that this happened, that this was said, and that he was planning this. They called the police. The police went to his house and checked on him. And apparently he told the cops. You know, it was a big misunderstanding. No big deal. And they let him go for that. And oh, there's and then there's other, another story that just very recently came out from like 2011 where a tip was given to Truro police and Truro's the city very near where he lives. Mm -hmm. A tip was given to the Truro police. Um, I think it was 2011 telling them that, um, this man, the eventual gunman, the dentist, um, had made statements to say that he planned to kill a cop and that he had illegal firearms and plenty of them. The RCMP, um, And a part of the tip went on to say, like, he hides these firearms, like, behind his chimney and his fireplace or something, and Mm -hmm. that he travels to and from Halifax to his home with, you know, a legal handgun, an illegal handgun. Like, it was a very Mm -hmm. detailed tip. But what ended up happening is, like, the Truro Truro has their own police force, um, but the the gunman lived outside of the city in kind of RCMP territory so truro did a, some minor investigation and then passed it along to the RCMP there's no real it hasn't really come out what the RCMP did but whatever happened wasn't sufficient that there was even records kept of this so this had only come out very recently that this even happened but it's um when you kind of put all the red flags from the gunman's history together you see someone who had, again, like I said, um, multiple times police were notified that he had illegal firearms, he had charges of violence, he had made statements that he planned to kill a cop, and that was sent to the cops, uh, and they knew about this. It was put out on like some kind of police wire where all the different police agencies in Nova Scotia had found out that, he, that this had happened in 2011, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: none of this stopped him from doing what he did. And he basically had 13 hours dressed as a cop in a cop car to go around doing you know, very horrible things. And it's almost like when you think about it, it's um he was able to get away with it for so long that, that night and into the next morning because of the cop, the outfit and the car. Yeah. But it's just, it's a real horrific thing to think about is these people like um their last moments would have been I, I think a, a lot of them are probably like oh i'm going to be safe now here comes a police officer right and yeah
1: kinda, i mean horrific. uh uh just reading about a day of it kind of reminded me of uh september 11th in the uniqueness of the strategy used and how it completely exploited uh this vulnerability right like before mm-hmm. september 11th if if there were uh, uh hijackers on an airplane oh just let them do what they need to we'll go to cuba or whatever right they didn't no one thought of well then know they're going to run the planes into some buildings right yeah. uh, similarly like this uh, um this cop uh mass shooting out uh, this hasn't happened before no one's done this this kind of thing or tried this kind of thing you mentioned a movie that uh, uh that talks about it that must not be a very popular movie that i haven't heard of that one
0: I'm really into like 80s horror. I think they, like, <laughs> there's like Maniac Cop one, two, and three. There was also like kind of a copycat one called Psycho Cop. This is going back mm-hmm. a long time. But um I don't like not to say he took inspiration from it or anything, but it's uh that's just something like when it happened, that was the first thing I thought of because I really like that. I used to like that movie series. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever watch it the same way, but but yeah, this um I I get what you're saying, like but what it reminded me of as well is just in the senselessness of it was um, what happened in Vegas with the guy in the hotel, mm-hmm. like shooting down at the concert um, it, in a way, it reminds me of that because it's like, nobody really knows what this guy's motive was Unlike the September 11th. Like you, we know what that like, all, yeah. it was all ideological yeah. that guy in Vegas. It was like, he apparently had money, just an older guy that just must've just snapped into this. That's kind of like what happened in Nova Scotia. This guy's said to be a millionaire. He had a successful business. He owned multiple properties. He had a whole bunch of motorcycles and cars and you know he's um he hasn't like didn't leave any kind of obvious explanation as far as why he did this. Really, it seems like what likely happened was that night he was drinking is what people have said. Mm-hmm. He got he got in an argument with his common law partner, and she was the first one at who he attacked. But she ended up escaping, apparently in handcuffs, is what the initial news reports have said. He like cuffed her in, in his house, and she managed to escape and survive. Um, from there, it seems like he left the house dressed as a cop and got in his cop car and and just went on a rampage. For- Some of. Some of, the,
2: some of the reports are that the, the neighbors the neighbors actually didn't really get along well with him um, mm-hmm. based on their interactions with them. And also they knew about the domestic assaults that were taking place on the property, too. So that was one of the reasons um, he didn't really like the neighbors. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: some of the reports are they responded to that domestic assault that night. And that's they were the first victims.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's what I heard.
0: Yeah, it's like I think there's there's probably a lot of different versions of it going around, and I don't know if I don't know what's going to happen. I think until his common law partner's story comes out, because she survived, she spoke to the police, and her they know her story. But I think it's when that becomes public knowledge that's when you know the facts will be known. Right. They're also doing a, a forensic autopsy. I don't know if you've read about this, which is basically like a detailed look at his personalities and mm-hmm. history with a goal of kind of figuring out what may have led to this happening.
1: Right. But I, mean, yeah, I, I think I saw something. Oh, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to get the phrase wrong, but like a, a, a gripe collector, not gripe. Yeah, it's it's something gr- else.
0: A grievance collector. Yeah. 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 That. That's, that's actually what my next episode is going to be. I'm my next episode that I'm doing tomorrow is a interview with a, the criminal, uh, like a criminal profiler who used to be in with the FBI, who spoke to CBC and the press really early on, saying, "I, I think this guy is a grievance collector," and it's basically um, this this kind of behavior of a that's often seen in spree killers or people who snap, which is basically grievances from their past that like you and you like the three of us may get upset with someone and be furious with about it, but we eventually get over it right. very quickly, likely, hopefully a grievance collector, that stuff just stews and stews. So you may uh, collect all these grievances from your past and you just blow up and take it out on someone who did you wrong 15 years ago. That probably doesn't even remember your name. And, yeah. So they believe that this man was a grievance collector yeah. and perhaps the people, he, some of his victims, uh, like some of them seemed random, but some of them he was connected to in a way. And it seemed like he was kind of going from house to house, finding people that maybe he slighted him or he perceived them to have slighted him in the past.
2: Right. There- yeah. It's odd because he did actually go to, like, for example, he drove out of the way uh, instead mm-hmm. of going um, towards Halifax, which he eventually did. He went totally in the opposite direction up towards Spring Hill, and they were targeted. His victims no there question. were targeted but there. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. I don't know why they were targeted. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me because of the affiliation and where who they were and what they did and also that's my hometown too, where my parents Oh were. it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. So and obviously with corrections, I know people at Spring Hill as well. So it's like the connection. I don't know why they were targeted, but it it'd be interesting to find out that piece.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like it it can't be a coincidence that the the final victim was a uh was also a dentist. He um he he drove to her home, uh, murdered her, and took her car. But it's just—I'm thinking, like, what is the chance that a dentist would go on a rampage and one of the victims would be a rival dentist? Right, it's a little weird.
2: So, a slight, probably. You're saying he's a grievance collector. People who are grievance collectors think the world is out to get them. Basically, mm-hmm. nothing is right. They can't—you know—everything, everyone, and every everyone and anyone is against them. So. Maybe it's it was personal, right? Maybe she was filed yeah. a grievance or or something against him.
0: Yeah, or some kind of business deal, or some, who knows what it who could knows, have been. Yeah. I, I'm I'm hoping that if there is an inquiry in this, people will know, you know, what happened. There's a bit of a like I, I can understand why um, some like a lot of stuff is kept private, but I just hope like with something like this, which is such a huge deal especially so in nova scotia like i, I just kind of hope that eventually there they, you know all the cards are on the table and we can figure it out yeah. i really want to know you know what what happened because it's it's horrific and I've, yeah. I've had um like it's it happened near where i where i am of course but i even have uh, a good friend whose husband was survived but was was shot a few yeah. times in this so it's like, it kind of hits close to home for that reason, especially so. Yeah.
1: I mean, out of, out of the inquiry, I, I would hope to see um, some of these instances, some of these things that happen, uh, mass killings, I don't, I don't think you can stop them. I think some of them are truly random enough and there's just not enough red flags where uh, we can't stop them. They're just going to happen. I think some of them, there are red flags and people don't report them. And then I think some of them like this one, there were yep. red flags, people reported them, and not not enough was done to diffuse this situation earlier, because this could have been uh, uh, locked up uh, a while back.
0: That's how it. That's how it seems. And and also it, it like what it's really revealed as well is kind of breakdowns of communication among the RCMP as they were responding. But it, nobody's really come out and said it. But I have heard a lot of rumbling saying that um, the pandemic's affecting things that people were that everyone was understaffed people may have been working from home and not have access to all the things that they normally would and that may have played a small role in it Mm -hmm. um i don't i don't know if that's true but that's the kind of thing that an inquiry will spotlight um and just speaking of the pandemic it is said that like i don't know if it it affected how it has affected him but he's been said to be uh have been paranoid about the whole thing
1: So. Yeah, I maybe, can see that. Maybe I, it
0: was. Maybe it kind of riled them up a bit. Who knows?
1: It, uh, you can see that in uh, people all around you. Some people are just at a higher level, and I mean, you get a uh, a grievance collector. Everyone knows people who are somewhere on that scale of grievance collector, where they're they're. Uh, Man, uh, old man, angry at the world, and I guess this guy like <laughs> gets gets angry enough at the world and has collected enough grievances, and now coronavirus comes around, and yeah, it's just too much for someone who was uh, uh, mentally broken from a, um, potentially even an early age. I mean, I, I, I saw uh, one thing that said that in his yearbook, it said this is a, this guy is the most likely to become a cop. So at some point, he wanted mm-hmm. to be a cop, mm-hmm. and
0: uh, and. Okay. Uh, I think there's a couple cops in his family as well. So it seemed to be not too far from him. Yeah. That
2: was one of the questions that I had. Does anybody know if he's, a, he applied to become a police officer? The fixation uh, about having the uniform, the car. Um, but does anybody know that if he applied and got turned down and that's why it turned around to, or he was going wants to kill a cop?
0: Yeah. I heard that, um, it, but I haven't seen it in any official way, just hearsay that he, he had applied really early on in his life and like didn't get in for some reason. Mm-hmm. But um, what, uh, what has come out and people have said is that he did carry a grudge against police and saw himself as better than them. He yep. did get a ticket, a speeding ticket, very shortly before this had happened, two months ago, I think. Uh, I can't imagine he took that well. Like it's kind of a actually here's a story just to talk about cops and stuff. I talked about this on my podcast and it's kind of this like serendipitous uh moment where you probably know Frank magazine. You, yep. You, okay. So Frank magazine are like the most hated gossip kind of magazine in Atlantic Canada where it's usually, you know, this school teacher is sleeping with this school teacher, you know, and then pictures of their kids on the front page. Like it's that kind of gossip rag kind of thing. Um but they do some really good reporting as well. I just people who know of Frank know them as you know that nasty stuff. But anyway, about two months before this happened, the shooter actually reached out to Frank to share a story with them and they did a big story with this guy right before this had happened. Basically the story is um so he has the denture clinic in Dartmouth. Two doors down is a Tim Hortons and he, um, he's very some, protective. Oh,
1: sorry. Yeah, some, yeah. Some cops had parked in his parking lot, and he like chained him in oh, or something yeah. like that. He like he yeah, closed exactly. the gate on him.
0: Yeah, he's really protective of his parking lot, apparently. And he didn't know it was a cop car. He was just like out in the back area of his business, and he heard a car stop and the door shut, and it was an unmarked cop car. But there was a car in his parking lot, so what he did was he just. Chained off the parking lot to be like you know that's what you get. Mm-hmm. A couple hours later, two people are kind of out in the driveway uh, of his business, and he goes out to approach them, and they're in regular civilian clothes, but they showed him their badges, and they said we're like undercover police officers, and he wasn't going to open the gate for them. He wanted them to pay him. They wouldn't, and they ended up calling the station, and we're like, bring bolt cutters, you know, we're going to get the car out of here, and. He wasn't having it. He said he was going to have them charge the property damage and sue them. And he wanted money from them and all a a couple cops and like the superintendent, not the superintendent, but like some important position with the police uh, showed up and they had a big talk with him. And eventually he agreed to open the gate uh, or the chain. So they all leave. And then as he's driving home that night from work, he got a ticket for speeding (laughs) and uh, he ended Hmm. up going, ended up going to frank and shared with them like photos of the cops like trying to get the chains
1: off and all this stuff and you know they did make that into an article because i saw that article yeah yeah
0: yeah it's an interesting article in hindsight because it does kind of paint the picture of somebody who has a pretty big beef with police
1: yeah like like i remember reading it and being like this is weird this is really weird why is this a thing this is like yeah this person's got a problem
0: it's just a, yeah. It comes across like if this did, if the whole mass shooting didn't happen, he'd be like, "Wow, that's you know that guy's a nut," and that's a crazy little story. And of course, Frank like any other news source like CBC would be like, "Get out of here, we're not publishing this." But Frank, mm-hmm. they are just like, "Yeah, like that's their kind of jam." But it uh, yeah, it paints a weird picture and, and other things like what's come out is people saying he would put on his uniform and quote unquote role play as a cop. So apparently he, like, they haven't explained what that meant, but apparently he had a lot of fun kind of in the costume. So, I like, it just, this will all come out eventually, but it just sounds like there was some really weird stuff going on.
1: Yeah. If you were a friend with this guy, it would have been like, huh, <laughs> how do you explain yeah. away this weirdness? This is, this is pretty weird. Yeah.
2: I don't think yeah. he had that many friends from what it, I heard.
0: Yeah, it seems like he was quite the loner. And yeah. Anybody who is close to him seemed to have some nasty stories about him. So, including family, like he had a a big falling out with family over a property sale and money. Like it's, it's, it's. The guy just seems like an all-around nightmare, and for it to end up like this in the end, it's. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. somewhat preventable. Somewhat preventable. Some of some of these things that happen not preventable there's there's no signs there's nothing to to warn people about um i think with something like this the warnings were there the warnings were given they didn't act on it
2: right and then there was also the mishandling of it during the event as well whatever like
1: yeah i mean like uh we we were talking about like the shooting of of the police station and that kind of thing and i think that um fire station Fire stations, sorry. And I think that like some of that stuff's going to happen. Like to make an omelet, you're going to break some eggs, and to catch yeah. a guy who's doing something completely different that you've never seen before and has never happened in the world, like that's hard. And and I think mistakes are going to happen there. Uh, but yeah, still like using the emergency alert that that kind of thing is, uh, yeah, got to happen faster. All
0: right. Well, yeah, they be- should.
1: Yeah, sorry. I was Kelly.
2: I was going to say. Well, it started at uh, eleven o'clock at night on the Saturday night, and then the tweet didn't go out until almost eleven o'clock the next day.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I and could also, like I could see like, like the, the the report they got from the one guy was was. Uh, I think I saw him in a police car. Like it wasn't like a, like a, a, a firm, firm report. So I could, I can kind of understand that one. But then as soon but, as they got it confirmed in the morning, it should have been like, well, we've got to confirm. Right. Let's let's move out. And mm-hmm. yeah.
2: The girlfriend came out of the woods that she was hiding in. Apparently yes. yeah. at seven o'clock in the morning.
1: And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that should have been the, the thing to do, but we're all, uh, be, like as as gun owners were interested in this because Trudeau used this as his uh,
0: right.
1: uh, announcement platform. He, we we knew that he was waiting for like a, a tragedy of some sort to to kind of piggyback onto and, and make his announcement. He chose this one. Um, we know now that, uh, and we knew then as well that uh, it wouldn't have made a difference. It wouldn't have made a difference to this one. The the laws that he chose to put in would uh, make zero difference to this.
0: That's yeah. yeah. That's kind of why I'm surprised that this is happening with the firearms like it's i get the emotion of what happened and the fact that firearms were used but i don't know what like if somebody has illegal firearms like what would they what could they have done it's like i think more
1: investigated the tips that he had illegal firearms
0: or maybe announced like if you know if you (laughs) assault somebody we're going to lock you up forever because if you you know that's a crazy law but it would have prevented this any firearms laws wouldn't have unless he can get people in the U S and around the world to also get rid of them. And
1: yeah, yeah. Well, we've, 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 we've toyed with mandatory minimums in, in Canada for firearms crime. The uh, Conservatives actually run on that a, a lot. It doesn't actually do anything to to deter. Uh, and it may or may not be like a charter violation. So, uh, there are issues with the, with the sentencing around that. It's a tough problem, right? Like it's, it's especially yeah. when, when we share a border with the U S and this guy can drive down to the U S, buy some guns and drive them back up. Right. So hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not an easy problem to solve. We've kind of got like reached our, the limit of like diminishing returns on firearms laws here in Canada. Uh, we have relatively low gun crime and I, I don't think there's a point in trying to stop Using law, extra laws, uh, something like this happening when it, like it, just more hard work. Stop with the extra laws, do the more investigation part, and I think it would have been fine.
0: Yeah, I just, it's so political. Like the whole idea of firearms laws and regulation and stuff. It's such a heated thing. I can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't like when you read on. Like I'm sure you well, this is your world. But whenever I see people talking about firearm laws, I'm just like you know, get me the hell out of here. Cause it, it, it gets so intense. And like, I, I get it through Trevor, like, uh, like mm-hmm. I just watch Trevor fight it out with people and you know, and that's enough for me, but it's, it, people are so passionate on both sides of yep. the issue. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what will happen, but I think the problem is it's no matter how illogical the rules or laws he's trying to pass are, To stand up for him, to stand up against him on behalf of firearms owners, there are people who will think you're a monster, you know, even if it's completely illogical, just simply because of the emotion and the the issue. They'll bring up, you know, crimes like this and innocent people losing their lives. But it's it's hard to take away the emotion and look at it, you know, would these laws change anything?
1: I think a lot of people uh, see the ends as justifying the means. So if mm-hmm. if they want no firearms in Canada, they don't care that it's like illogical. They don't care that it's hypocritical, and he's like grave standing to to make this announcement, which would have done nothing. Like that that doesn't matter. That's okay that he's uh, being a hypocrite about that because the, it's going towards the end that they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I which, get that, but it, yeah, it's just, it's so political. It scares yeah. me. Anyways, uh, uh, thanks for coming on. So uh, if, uh, if people want to uh, hear more of the episodes where you dig into this a little bit deeper, where they can where can they uh, listen to you?
0: Yeah, so I got three parts so far. At uh, You can find me anywhere you get podcasts, really, and or on my website, nighttimepodcast.com. I have three episodes about this. The first one walks through the timeline. Um, the second one looks at the timeline of the attack. The mm-hmm. second one looks at all the red flags that have emerged from his history. And the third one looks at his history of domestic violence and how domestic violence connects to mass, this mass shooting and mass shootings in general. If you look at the mm-hmm. statistics in Canada, I think it's like the top five worst mass shootings all involves um, violence against women, which is mm-hmm. very telling to see that, you know, that's what people are killing about. Um and this guy seems that seems to be the case here. Yeah. But anyway, you can get me anywhere you get podcasts or nighttimepodcast.com. And if you listen to my back episodes, you'll hear Trevor talking about <laughs> firearms in a in an episode.
2: <laughs> and even awesome. you going to the range as well. Yeah, we were of them.
0: Yeah. Well, I did a series on um a planned shooting that involved specific firearms that a lot of people said would have done you know these this horrific damage and when i talked to trevor about it he said you know the firearms they planned to use were, weren't weren't going to kill a bunch of people yeah. so uh, to illustrate it he took me he he owned the firearms that were going to be used in this attack that i was covering and he took me to a shooting range and let me let me do it and that was pretty cool
1: yeah well nothing like a little bit of hands on to uh, to see someone's point right it's yeah. uh, it's easy to argue with people about uh, about stuff um, yeah. but it's, it's closer to the truth when you actually like see it and hold feel it and try it and hold it. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's what, that's what we did. The, this, this thing that we were covering was people were, these two teenagers or young adults were planning to commit a shooting in the mall. They had no experience with firearms much like I did. And Trevor said, uh, I'll bring in the shooting range and I'm just going to scream at you. And you see how many shots you can get off of this shotgun and i couldn't get any i just like froze holding this thing and eventually when i did shoot the shotgun it's like i was sore for days after because of the the, i guess i held it too loose and it hit me but uh anyway it was it was a good time and that was when trevor had the goatee so he looked normal like i never would have been near him with it shaved i wouldn't have been with that person I don't know if, <laughs> if you've done an episode like that yet
1: oh uh, well he's, he's growing it back now, yes, he, 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 had has. His, he had his he had his coronavirus has. beard going, but uh thank God
0: yeah, yeah. so and obviously, that's why he's not here tonight you guys you're just letting him grow it back he's got, he's
1: put it growing time beard growing time, yeah. Okay, yeah, I give him a bit good he's uh he's eating whatever is good for growing beards he's putting like <laughs> salve on there, yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh thanks for coming on and uh, Anytime. uh we'll see you soon next time. Awesome.
0: And all the best to you. And thanks to all your listeners for checking out uh, my show if they decide to. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Take care. Thank you. Bye.
1: Thanks again to Jordan for coming on the show and telling us a little bit more about the uh, shooter and what happened in Nova Scotia. Uh, Listener feedback, Facebook. Is there anything there that we need to address or get onto?
2: No, we've just been talking about it as we go. Uh, we'll post, Kyle, we'll post the stuff about SFRC on next week's show, base. He's talking about a donation that was made.
1: So mm-hmm.
2: we'll post that. Yeah.
1: Thomas Donnelly week. was saying his, I assume that's his Winchester Wildcat. He says it shot fine and the Ruger mags fit. Yeah. I mean, the, the Ruger mags mm-hmm. did fit in there, it's, uh, which is kind of nice if you got a 1022 or a 1022, a whole bunch of mags and that kind of thing fantastic. Now it'd be really cool if they made a Winchester mag that was not 10 rounds, but like 25. I was like, there's a Winchester mega mag. That's all it's good for, but it actually fits the 10 That'd be neat. That would, that would be Canadian legal. And then we could, <laughs> then we could get big mags in our 1022s again. Probably not going to happen though. Cause if they, did, happen. if they did it, if they did that, then in the States, they'd be like, Oh, here's a Ruger ten twenty two compatible magazine. Maybe they wouldn't. Hmm. I don't going to happen. Oh, I, 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 a man can hope. I can hope.
2: Right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> You're allowed to hope. <laughs> uh, I, I win the lottery, too, but I know that's not going to happen.
1: Oh, this magazine, the way it stops the bolt, it's got mm-hmm. a steel thingy there that it's pops a, up.
2: It's got a tab. Yeah. And that's what keeps the uh, o- bolt open. At the, uh, on the last shot. So, yeah.
1: This magazine has a lot of open spots for crud to get in. In terms of which one I would pick, if I was going to go like shoot in the desert, it would probably be the Ruger mag. But I think this one has more features. It's lighter. Hmm. And it's less bulky. It's definitely less bulky. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to do a full review when i got a little bit of a chance to shoot it. Yes, you will. Yeah.
2: Let me know what you like better.
1: Mm. Listener Feedback. Listener Feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot-bluing, park-raising, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. He's also on Facebook and Instagram. Did you want to take this first one from Webster?
2: Sure. It says from Webster. Hello, Slumfire Radio. I just wanted to reach out quickly and say that Kelly should rage quit more often. The last show was fantastic. He says, I get this. I'm reading this one. Um, well, I well, I thought I would miss such insightful comments as, well, you know, um, yeah, I just did it. Uh, and just, well, um, and, and <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised to find him how much I enjoyed the show without them. Best regards, Webster. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> you'll love this show, too, there, Webster, so I should rage quit more often. I did rage quit, didn't I? Sorry mm-hmm. about that. I should probably probably give a little bit of an explanation maybe, or apologize. apologize no, to the rage listener. quit.
1: No. Apologize yeah. for nothing.
2: All right, I won't.
1: You had chicken to make.
2: No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pissed just, off, just go with it. off. Just
1: go with it. <laughs> uh, next one's from John. Hi, folks of the greatest radio station in the world. Next week's episode is number 358. That's the diameter of one of the greatest hunting rounds ever, the 35 Remington. I love my Marlin 336 in 35 Remington. Thank you for what you do. I've only recently found your podcast, but love them. Sincerely, John Noob Gunner Leslie. Uh, and P.S. I can send a picture of my grampy's old rifle if you like. Yeah, send us your pictures. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm real lazy with like taking pictures for the uh, for the show, and I prefer to just use whatever you guys like send in. So send in your pictures of your guns when you send in an email, and you'll, we'll probably use it in in our yeah. show. Yeah,
2: yeah. You've used some of them. Some of them are really good, especially or that.
1: really interesting. Yeah. Some yeah. some like real weird stuff that I have never seen before.
2: You need to read the next one, and I'll read the one after okay. that, unless you know how to speak uh,
1: Big Mom. I think I, I think I can do it. I'll, I'll okay. try. Adriel, okay. when you buy a new twenty-two for the hunting guy, <laughs> and I was wondering, do you go, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang, P.S. Trevor sucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Guess who that was from? James B. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ginger Snaps. Ginger snaps. Yep. Uh, uh, fun fact, uh, I had to put a password on the EMT over to the Calgary Shooting Center and I uh, made it uh, <laughs> that phrase.
2: <laughs> now everybody knows what your password is.
1: They asked me to do it, but it's only that one.
2: All right, uh, only that one,
1: okay. Only that one, only that one. Uh, do you want to take the next one?
2: Okay, so this one's addressed to Gallon, although mm-hmm. Gallon was on last week, everybody knows that, but it says Quig. Quay Gallon, that means high Gallon, uh, loved your synopsis of the leaders. Just want to clarify on Sloan. It was Jim, um, how do you pronounce his last name? Do you Can you pronounce that, Adriel? Kera-Hallis? kera Okay, whatever. Uh, who got kicked out twice, not Sloan. Sloan attacked uh, Dr. Pam and kera Calah- and Whatever. Uh, attacked Shura Law of Finance- Financial banking, and he says, "Walelan, uh, Chief Gregory B." So he said, "Thank you."
1: The language so of it. that?
2: It's Mi'kmaq.
1: Ah, okay, cool. Okay, uh, cool. Next one from other Trevor. I'd like to thank Trevor for the help with the 1911 and listeners that donated parts. It's finally finished, and I fired it today for the first time. Also, to all the listeners that helped me out after the big fire, a big thanks. My house is being repaired. Drywall is started Monday, the 8th of June, and I should be back uh, in my house by mid-July. I've also put some videos on YouTube documenting the process of the work. If anyone wants to watch, I've included a link. Also, a at DC gunsmith for all the work in repairing my guns after the fire. A big thanks got me up and running with my new Remington 700 in time for spring bear. Nice. That's and he right. did
2: provide a picture as well.
1: Well, I'm going to use that as the show picture because it's there. Yeah, and because I really like the the logo on the side of it.
2: Yes, it's thanks the, to Janice.
1: It's the Cobra, Cobra logo yes. from like GI Joe. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Uh, I love '80s and '90s uh, cartoons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like Wonder Woman. Mm. <laughs> That's me. Yep. Okay.
1: Uh, if you'd like to email the show, send your email to SlamfireRadio at gmail.com. We'll read it. We will read it. Yeah, and if you put okay. a picture. We'll, probably we'll use that too. It. I don't care if you didn't sign your rights over for it. We're using it, and uh, if you don't like it, you can ask for a full refund of uh, your cost to buy the show. Uh,
2: cost to buy the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> whatever you paid for uh, uh, to buy the show off of uh, Stitcher or whatever thing you use. Yeah, we'll refund you that zero. Yeah, zero. Uh, podcast app reviews. If you'd like to review the uh, podcast, go ahead and review us. I I seem to remember, actually, I asked people to review us on Facebook. Did we get any reviews on Facebook? Nope. Is that a thing? Is that a thing that people can do?
2: It is something people can do, but they just don't do it. Hmm.
1: Go review us on Facebook if you can, because that might be a thing. I think it's a thing that you can do. It is a
2: thing, and they can do it.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. Go review Slamfire on Facebook. Give us some five stars or something. I don't know. Uh, Patreon supporters, uh, if you'd like to help the show, go ahead and sponsor us on Patreon It's a once a month. Most people set it up for for once a month, and uh, uh, you can sponsor the show for a buck or two. And if enough of you guys do it, it helps with uh, hosting and uh, that kind of thing, so that we can uh, put the show out. New microphones, new like computers that run properly and don't overheat and stop in the middle of the show uh you can also help us out by uh visiting our website and clicking on the links for cabela's so if you want some of that cheap ammo uh cabela's has has curbside right now so you could go on the cabela's website order a bunch of, or or, sorry go on our our website click on the link to go to cabela's order a bunch of ammo and then and then uh profit it up wait sell underpants and then profit yes That's what's (laughs) going to happen. Yeah. There's a step in there. I'm not sure what the middle is, but uh, actually um, I got an email from Cabela's. I don't know if it's Cabela's U S and Canada because I'm a, I'm an affiliate for both, but uh, one of them is going away from uh, their, their affiliate network right now. So I'll try to keep us up on that moving. Yeah,
2: Please. Yeah. Let's know what's going on.
1: Yeah. Uh, Shout outs,
2: Kelly. I do want to say to Paul Grady, Grady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, not Paul Grady, Dan Grady. I don't know ben. where Paul came from. Mm-hmm. Dan Grady, I wanted to say congratulations to him and his wife for the birth of their son, yeah. Oscar. So congratulations to them. So just want to say that.
1: Awesome. Yep. Any others? Nope. Nope. What about you? Nah, I don't know what's going on. I've, I've, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really been paying attention. I play a lot of video games these days. I'll go out shooting soon get back into the real world
2: next week were.
1: next week next week, i will get back into the real world it's going to be awesome
2: okay so i will give you a shout out for that getting, alberta. getting back
1: into the real world
2: yeah getting back into the real world getting alberta up and running again so thank uh
1: don't give me the shout out until it's done like it's it's <laughs> been a while there's there's some rust here
2: <laughs> we all and, have uh, rust
1: yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna be apparent but uh uh, I'm sure, I'm sure most people that are going to be at that maple seed are just happy to be outside and doing some shooting and doing something. So I got that going for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, please uh, join a national firearms association, such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada, like us on Facebook. And uh, if you're in a major municipality or even if you're not reach out to your city counselors and your uh, county counselors, county people, whatever is going on in your County, and your area of the world, uh, reach out to them uh, and talk to them about municipal handgun bans. Uh, they will be coming soon. Uh, we assume because Trudeau had it as a platform promise. Uh, it will be coming. Yeah, it will be coming. So talk to them and try to get them on your side uh, to not ban handguns or put in something God awful, like uh, central storage, because uh, if you don't talk to them, they're going to come up with their own crazy ideas on what's going to solve this gun violence epidemic uh and uh you're not going to like the answer so best to reach out to them get them the information that they need right now to make an informed decision and uh and not make a huge mistake Correct.
2: also make friends with people not in your city just saying
1: they live out in In case you need to move
2: (laughs) (laughs) i've already made plans
1: (laughs) yeah that's yeah. uh, you know as, as for as much uh, charge challenges they've as there have been on the OIC, um, I would see this municipal gun ban one as being much more legally dodgy because uh, it's it's gonna be hard to, to put this kind of through uh, thing through. like to, to put in legislation that's gonna force people to move, that's not really Canadian. That's uh, yeah yeah. anyways. Uh, Reach out to them now, and uh, we'll see you next week.
0: So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot
1: something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.